Okay, happy Wednesday. I'm excited. There's a baby crying in the background. That's life at Sun home. Sun is shining. Babies yeah. are crying. <laughs> yeah. Trees are blooming. <laughs> she probably just, wants milk. I don't know what's wrong with her. It's but. a good spring day. Mm -hmm. This is the beauty of working from home sometimes, but luckily this is why you have kids a decade apart. <laughs> yeah. He's a good big brother. He'll figure it out. Okay, so welcome to the podcast. This is Rachel Vote, and I am here with my best friend, Anderson. Hey. And uh, for the usual, tell them where they can find you. You can find me at photoswithanderson.com or on the Book of Face. You can also just friend request me because I like friends and we're in quarantine, so we need more friends. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you can also search for my private Facebook group, which is still titled Boudoir Photos with Anderson because I can't come up with a better name. So... Have you not can't come up yet. with one. What do you? Because you, you were worried that Facebook was going to flag it or something. So yeah, change the name. Yeah, other photographers were nice enough to warn me that mm. their groups got like banned or closed or whatever from Facebook because one of the updates a while ago. But you're okay still. Yeah, I true. wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah. So I think it's because I'm under a certain number. Oh, of, that's what I was thinking um, too. You're not on their visibility. Yeah. Yeah. But if you'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get, and then you'll have to change your name. Exactly. Sweet. Did you get all the plugs in? Yeah, I think so. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, for me, vote for parties on Instagram. Uh, watch my crazy mixed up stories that I still, I didn't, I've been, I did better this week. Did better this week. <laughs> didn't push my, put my grocery list up. Uh, <laughs> find me on Facebook. We have the Beginner's Guide to Wellness is still going strong. It's a fantastic group. We also have got uh, the VIP page. So if you are 18 years or older in feminine energy, there's been a lot of exciting things happening that were happenings over there. And I would highly recommend going Watch the pin post. That's probably the best suggestion I could make at this moment. That's been lighting up like fire. Uh, and the um, other thing that I do, whatever that page is. Yeah, that one thing. The good girl's guide. <laughs> it slipped my mind. It happens. Um, and I was very distracted because I put up a really good post today. That is one of my favorites. I reshare it every year. So go check it out. But tonight is also the live with Cooking with Tone in my own kitchen. Uh, normally those will be happening on Thursdays, but the next two weeks we'll be doing Wednesday. So tune in because tonight we're cooking with pineapple. Mm. If you didn't hear me, I pineapple. I'm excited about that too. So uh, today we want to talk some more about personal development. That's Yay. weird. Right? That's weird, but it is definitely the <laughs> Something most new and fun for I, us. Right. It, it is. It always is, though. Yeah. In the truth of the, the truth of the matter, uh, but it is one of our most requested topics, anyways. So yes. it's totally fine, and uh, it's always good because it's like mini therapy for us as well. So. The thing that we decided to discuss today is that uh, as you get to some new levels of growth, you start to discover that personal development actually is great for you, but ruins things as well. It kills things inside of you. It kills things inside of you. It, it ruins some of your favorite things that you really never thought that you would ever change your mind about or lose or so on and so forth. It you no longer desire to have there you go. desire to have some of the habits that you didn't realize were habits because mm -hmm. they just came so naturally to you. Well, I would even so, go so far to say, like, so the the person that has influenced me the most in my personal development used to, like, um, let's say, like, she, she'd talk about working out. And I'd be like, meh. You know, I'd be like, I'll do all the other things she said, but I'm never working out. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll do all the things she said, but I'm never getting up at 6 a.m. Like, you know, I, I can do all of those things that she tells me to do, but I'm going to pick and choose kinds of things. Right. I'm never going to like working out. I'm never going to, I'm never going to, I'm never going to give up Dairy Queen blizzards. You know, like those types of things is what you say to yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like I can still do all these things, but I'm still going to eat garlic bread. And I do well, that thing I haven't given up yet. And I don't even want people to get twisted. When I show you guys a picture of like Tony making a loaf of garlic bread, there's a good chance I ate half of that loaf that night. I don't even give up. 
I don't care. No. I don't care. Garlic bread is life. Oh, carbs are life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Haven't found a healthy alternative to that yet, but we're working on it. Um, so... One of the first things I wanted to talk about, because I think that, I, I mean, I could spend a whole podcast, I think, talking about this particular thing that uh, personal development will ruin for you, but I think it's also important to kind of tread lightly first, because I don't want anybody to get offended. What can be misinterpreted will be misinterpreted, but that's not what I'm saying here. So maybe we should disclaim this. We're not, we're not sharing these things to be like, shame on you if you do these things. Yeah. We're sharing these things because these are things that we did for decades. Yeah, and so we can speak to that. So term. we can speak to it, and we've... Rachel, of course, more so because she's further along in personal development, but these are all things that I've slowly started to kill with it. Like, I, I've noticed that I don't have as strong of a desire to do them anymore. Yeah. Um, You're aware. Yes, I'm more aware and I'm more intentional with my, my energy Everything. and actions. Uh-huh. So when we talk about these things, if it strikes a chord within you, maybe that's because you have shame about doing these things. It's, so don't be, be offended or get angry it's not at, personal. Uh, at us yes yeah. for talking about them be grateful that somebody is pointing out something that shedding the light yeah shedding yeah. the light on something that may benefit you from no longer doing yeah and it is not that what we say is something that we suspect that you'll take verbatim because even mm-hmm. in a personal development journey yeah. what works for me is not going to work for everybody exactly. else there's a lot of commonalities mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of similar everything. I would say there's a lot of similar paths or a lot of similar challenges that people will face, but yeah. it's all going to be different. Well, I just remember that like two, I would say a good two years ago that whenever you would talk about something and I would get mad about it, like I would take it personal and be like, F Rachel, like she doesn't know what she's talking about. Like I, I, I would feel so personally attacked <laughs> and then like I would give it a week or two and it would still be bugging me. Like it would be on top of my mind. Like God, Rachel, wa- Rachel says I watch too much TV and then I'd be like watching TV while thinking, and then I'd be like, okay, yeah, maybe I do watch too much TV. So, so you really, just, that was the trigger. It, was, it was the, the trigger. trigger, but listening to someone talk about it and talk about the alternatives that were available that I wasn't aware of. Right. Helped me create connections when I was doing those bad habits or doing the, the time wasters and things like sure. that. So it's just becoming more aware. So kudos to you if you're listening to this podcast, because step one is submerging yourself in knowledge. It's so aligning it's, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Listening to people who are further along in personal development than you are and opening, like listening with open ears and an open heart and being, being okay with feeling uncomfortable. Cause if yeah. something we talk about in any of our podcasts makes you feel uncomfortable, it's probably because you feel shame or feel that you want change in that area. But you don't know it yet. That's why yeah. you're upset. Exactly. That's why you're upset. Because like you just said, you're taking it offensively. Yeah. So it's okay. The, the process was the same for me. Yeah. It's okay to feel angry or like shaken up to your core because somebody's pointing out something that you have never had pointed out to you before. But take some time, think about it. And if you decide that you want change in that area, then come talk to us because we know how to change those areas. Yeah. That we're yeah. About. Yeah. And again, like I think that one of the discrepancies needs to be pointed out that it's not about us telling you what to do. No, no, no. We're no. telling you how we did it exactly and that's the difference and i think that that's a huge difference between like what personal development is versus like i don't even know how to compare it like i, I, I just think that sometimes people th- like i don't know it's we, just, that's why it's that, that's why it's personal i yeah. think we are not doctors we cannot oh, tell yeah, you to do, no medical claims. do these 10 steps and then this will be your outcome we yeah. can tell you these are the 10 steps we took and this was our outcome results may vary. Like, ah, exactly. Nailed it. Yeah. I like that. I like that because it, it's important that it doesn't match identically mm-hmm. because your journey will be different anyway. So one of the, um, one of the biggest things for me is that, uh, music, movies, TV, and books. 
so that has changed for me wildly. And I, I was a kid, I read constantly as a child. Um, I would say more fiction based, um, especially mystery stuff, but I was definitely and the fiction is make believe, right? Correct. I always get those mixed up. In yeah. My head. Fiction means not, not real. Yes. Nonfiction would be personal development books. Okay. And I do that too. Right. All the time. Well, Cause so. nonfiction sounds like not real. Correct. Yeah. yeah we have, we talked about this before. Yes. Because me too. Me too. <laughs> same struggle. Same struggle. So anyway, um, so I definitely I was an avid reader and oh my gosh, I was absolutely obsessed with music by the time I got to middle school. I think by most, m most adolescent children become more interested in music at that time, I think. And they just start, start to discover what their sound is. Um, which included, you know, sappy Backstreet Boy songs mm -hmm. and um, uh, sexualized lyrics from people like Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears. And I ate that shut up. Like, I'm not, this is not a shame thing. This is recognition, right? Um, movies, absolutely. Like, one of, one of my exes and my favorite thing to do was literally to watch a movie so many times we could memorize it. Mm -hmm. And then quote it. Like, that was our favorite thing to do was to quote my movies. Sister, my sister and I have a couple of movies that we used to watch oh my on repeat. I, I can still do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ten Things I Hate About You, I can quote oh, it without the movie, movie being on. I, I love, love that, movie. that movie. That's such a good movie. Um, but that's one of the things, right? Mm -hmm. Now, here's why... There's two, there's two reasons why this stuff is not as interesting to me anymore. Number one is because it keeps you in a state of mind that you shouldn't want to be in. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is... The, that's the borderline offensive thing. Like, to me, I look at... Actors and actresses, well, it's all actors now. Sorry, Rachel. Um, not with any, like, level of disrespect, but it's, like, to think about the fact that their job is to solely be somebody different all the time, to have to literally, like, live in that emotion. Like, when you think about acting, like, you just think they're playing a part, but when you think about it on a deeper, deeper level where you've actually heard people say at some points, like, let's take... Um, uh, the Dark Knight. What was his? <laughs> Ten things I hate about you. Heath Ledger. Okay, Rachel. God. Uh, you know they said that, that that role became so dark for him. He became so enveloped in who that was that he didn't know where he was and where. Mm -hmm. Joker, you know why? Like it's not because they're, they're choosing to play a part. They're choosing to change and alter their life to become that thing. Mm -hmm. And that is that's. It's not always, I mean, this is why people in the industry have addictions and problems with coping and emotional, you know, it's issues, whatever. Identity crisis. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And so, you know, my, my respect for them is different in terms of my gosh, like I, now that I know what would go into that kind of thing, I don't know that I'd want to do it because of that, that physical exhaustion and emotional attachment to that kind of thing. So that's the first level for me. Music is the same way, right? Like I, you can't deny that when you're feeling a certain way, you have a certain vibe for music, right? If you're feeling good, you're playing sunshine songs. Yes. And I think of, oh, I got a pocket, got a pocket full of sunshine from Easy A. That, yeah. that, that seems that. hilarious. Yeah, and I love that movie. Um, but when you're feeling that way, you'll do that. When I, when I was when dumped in seventh grade, oh my gosh, I had a sad ass soundtrack mm -hmm. that I just listened to on repeat. So it's funny. Like, universe moment because I just listened to somebody's talk and they they were explaining the reason why um as we grow older we still have such a strong pull towards the music we listen to in middle school and high school and they explained it it's actually because the emotional parts of your brain yeah. are not fully developed until after you graduate high school and so you are learning how to deal with emotions when you're in your or adolescent not. or not but when you felt sad, you turned on a certain genre of music mm -hmm. or a certain song and you listened to it. And so as you grew older, if you had 
if you did those things consistently, you literally were training your brain to go into adulthood. And when you get, when you feel those emotions, you think about those songs. Or when you hear those songs, you think about emotions. So oh, you're, yeah. you're literally training your brain when you're in high school yeah. and middle school. So it's, yeah. So, I mean, when you start to heal your former self and you start to identify those emotions and why you feel those certain ways, you no longer have those attachments to those songs or those movies or those books. So personal development kills all of that. Yeah. Kills your, uh, yeah. So that's the first level of it. Yeah. It's the first level of it is the emotional awareness, I think is what it is. Mm -hmm. Like same with movies, movies. So I had this aha moment the other night where, so we're watching Ozarks, Tony and I, Mm -hmm. and I, I think it's very interesting, but at the same time I'm, I like I'd rather be doing something else. <laughs> it's annoying. It's annoying sometimes. Um, but I could tell, like when we were watching, like these really hyped up scenes. You know, you can the, it's the low violin, the it's like that Jaws theme. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the silence all of a sudden. I am in a place of mind now that I can recognize. I was tensing my body. Mm-hmm. I was holding my breath. Those are not things you're supposed to do to your body. And again, it seems minuscule when you think about it. But if you're watching TV, if you're wa- if you're watching movies specifically, I think those are the ones that are going to have more of a physical reaction to your body. You're doing things to your body you're not supposed to. Like the whole point of yoga, the whole point of like meditation is becoming one with who you are and slowing down your breath and becoming conscious of it because it's such an autonomic process. Number one, it'll make you grateful for it because you recognize it. But number two is it puts your body back to a natural state. Like I notice, like when Olivia, you know, like of course when she gets excited or upset and she, I I will literally start breathing in and out super slow and super super deep to try to get her back to that because that's that's anxiety. That's 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 planting anxiety seeds in my almost two year old and TV shows do that to you. So it's really important to recognize that. And I think that I'm in a better place where I can watch that stuff now and not be as affected. This is why I can actually watch scary stuff now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't used to be able to, cause I'm like, this is pretend Rachel, somebody oh. wrote this on paper. Like, why are you scared of it? Which is so funny. <laughs> it came from imagination. Cause my experience with like horror movies and films and stuff like that, like gore gets to me just because like it's gross. Stuff, yeah. It's yeah. gross. Yeah. But it's not that it's scary. Like horror films. Correct. Because I'm always looking for like, Okay, how good was their editing? Like, can I find a string? Can I find that's, a tape? Can that's I find a you. But that's, it's that's ex- that's the exception to the rule. But it's because I knew it was fake, and so sure. scary movies never got to me. I never felt anxiety watching scary movies. Oh my movies. gosh, no! I like I was totally like I would watch a scary movie. Have to watch two Disney movies before I oh, go no. to bed. <laughs> so scary! Like uh, the Babadook. Have you ever heard of that movie? Mm-hmm. It's like supposed to be. It was like rated as like one of the top ten scariest movies of all time. And Tony made me watch it. Well, he didn't make me a word, you know. But I was like, what am I doing? But the it, it, it was a scary movie, but I later learned like a month or two after it, like what the movie was really about. And it, uh, spoiler alert, so it's like about this, um, this woman, her husband dies and she has a young son. And so there's something in the basement that like tries to like take them over and she like she gets a book in the mail and like she's like thinks she's going crazy or neighbors think she's going crazy well um at the end of it like somehow some way like because she had been up for like three days straight or something like I, the little boy ends up having to help her or whatever and they end up taming the beast in the basement and like at the end of it he's like feeding it or something like you don't have, you never see it you never see it. it's one of those types of scary mm-hmm. things uh but like he leaves a plate for it and it like you can just tell like they have they're amicable or something weird like that. But I later learned that the story was uh, wrote because it's like, it references her mourning the loss of her husband Mm -hmm. and the deepening void and darkness and so on and so forth that she couldn't be a parent properly. Something like that. I I was like, "Ah, that movie's not scary anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it makes sense to me. Uh, But as somebody not in personal development, I would have never got that. I would have, I would have, 
continued to hide my feet under the sheet at night because I was too afraid of the Babadook taking my foot. And I'm the type of person that literally, like, when people say that, I'll put my foot over the bed and be like, okay, come get me. Like, Not me. Not me. I was a big old wuss. Oh, that's totally A big funny. wuss. Um, so that's level one of wh why it's ruined that for me. Number two, part of that is, I mean, it's a time constraint. It, I mean, it is. It's like, I feel like I could be spending my time doing better things. And I think that that's also borderline offensive for people because they love the experience that movies give them. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's important to recognize because, yeah, that's exactly what it's supposed to do is evoke emotion and not in a bad way. Like, I've got favorite movies and music and things like that that I'll continue to go back to. But when I sit down and think about, you know, how an hour's worth of time in my business versus an hour's worth of Netflix, what, what do both of those bring to me? And the surface level is, of course, income. But the deepening level is... Was I present with my children during that 60 minutes? Whereas like 60 minutes of business could go into what I did this morning was, you know, buy a new lawn game that I didn't feel guilty about because we're going to be spending a lot of time at home. And I think that that's a great investment to spending more time with my children. Mm -hmm. So when you balance it out like that, then to me, it makes more sense for myself again. Um, I still, like I just said, we were in season three of Ozarks in like less than three weeks. All right. We binged Tiger King in a weekend. So it's not that I don't do those things still. It's just, I don't spend seven hours a day. Like I, and I, that's true that I used to do that. Mm -hmm. I used to absolutely do that shit. So, um, that's why there's a third level and I forgot about it, but that's okay. Cause we have a whole list of other stuff we can yeah, go yeah. to and I'm sure it'll come back to me, but I just don't, Oh, the one thing I do want to say about the emotion too, is, you know, like, <laughs> when, like especially like I think it's interesting like with our age range with people and the level of interest in Disney right mm -hmm. like our parents are not as interested in Disney as we are in our 30s and our 40s and 20s and things like that uh, but how powerful is it that a company can get you to feel a certain way about a spork yeah or a blue umbrella you know like that's Olivia's favorite short to watch before she goes to bed and I'm like these are inanimate objects that you have emotion over that is how powerful that kind of thing is so just being aware, you know, again, because when you can get to that, if you can get to that level of feeling over an inanimate object, how deepened or how affected are you by the, the state of anxiety that you are when you're watching that show or panic or fear or when you're watching reality TV show? I think this is my level three kicking in right mm -hmm. here. Um, reality TV and you think that it's normal to meet somebody through a box and never see them, and then you propose to them, that's not love. That's not a connection. Like, can you, yeah, I mean, like, is that similar in a sense to, like, online dating? Yes, but not in front of millions of people, not at the intention of trying to become, like, a rich singer, not, like, thinking that, you know, you're you're really going to get an authentic connection between some, nobody's really there to meet their soulmate. Like, nobody is in a place where they think that this is, this is going to work. This is going to work, mm -hmm. right? When you stack up the odds against how many people have been on those types of shows, and not just in dating shows, all types of reality-based shows, nobody's going to be the Kardashians. Like, you can't replicate that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if anything, like, you should just watch the episode of Black Mirror that has to do with reality shows. I don't even like that show because it bothers me at my soul. Mm -hmm. But it's because it shows you the ugliest parts of what's true of the world. Yeah. Have you ever seen that show? I have. I have. I've only watched a couple episodes because oh, it bothered too. me so much. Yeah, oh, yeah. That I was just like, I can't. Yes. No. And the reality show one, to me, it just nails it on the head about where we are, where we're going. And I can, I can separate from that now. Like, I will say 
this even then translates into your social media and your photos. Because I came across, I was looking through my newsfeed, right? So I love, love, love experience pictures. Of course, show me pictures of your dog or whatever, okay? But when I come across, I can see it's burned into my brain. It's a girl, and I can't, Jess is going to have to describe this for you through a podcast. She's literally sitting in her car, which I take selfies in my car all the time. But the filter has smoothed her face so much that she, there's no, there's no emotion in her eyes. Her mouth is slightly open and pursing lips, but there's no movement. There's no angle. It's just full on, just like a Barbie face almost. Right. Mm -hmm. And to me, I'm like, that person is so asleep because that's, that's what you're sharing with the world is that you, that's what you want to look like. That's who you want to be. Nothing wrong with putting again, effort into your image, but that's deep to me. That's, I, that that just sparks everything. Does this make sense? Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense in my head. I don't know how to explain it out me loud. Me either. Me either. But it's like, it's looking at Black Mirror. To me, it was like, this is what Black Mirror is talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, you're so, you're so much more concerned about your appearance to the outside world that you're asleep about, about what's going on on the inside of your world. Potentially. Like, like but it's is, also like, that's the person that their profile would be the exact same picture, mm-hmm. but maybe a different background. But the face stays the same. Like, it's always a full face of makeup. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, where's your life? Like, what are you doing? Like, not, not to say, again, there's nothing wrong with the selfies. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but that's, that's not your life. And uh, you can't tell me that's what you want your life to be. Like, why aren't you showing me silly pictures of you at, uh, well, not at the park today, mm-hmm. but with, you know, like messy hair, no, no bra. Like, you know, I'm taking that to the extreme, but I'm saying like, that's not what like your legacy would be. Like if I'm going to take it real far, like at your funeral, would you want your Facebook slideshow to be just the same 25 photos of that one picture of your face? Mm-hmm. Or would you want to make sure that you were able to look back and say, my life was more than a selfie in a car? Yeah. With my hair and makeup perfect. And I can say that because I was there. <laughs> I used to tell you to be that way. Yeah. If you scroll back through my Instagram, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous because the first, I don't know, couple of years is nothing but selfies. Yeah. And like selfies with friends and stuff, but it was still selfies. And then. It's just everybody's is. Oh, yeah. Everybody's world is three. What is that? I don't know. Two, uh, two feet away yeah. from a selfie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nobody takes pictures of other people anymore. Yeah. And then it slowly went into, like, overload of my bonus kids. And now it's, like, me trying to shift into my business. And so, like, have more, like, of a professional Instagram. <laughs> but it's – there are chunks of, like, you can see my season of life that I was in very yeah. clearly in the photos that I chose to share. Yeah. So you just got to be careful about that, I think. Um, just find healthy balance and definitely, like you had said, I think, become aware of what could I maybe substitute today instead. Um, and if you, you're getting mad because you are you love to binge watch, that's okay. Hey. I, I've been there. I still do it from time to time. I just don't do it in excess. I don't know what day of quarantine we're on, but I'm definitely over. Oh, we're like in week six. Okay, well, in the last six weeks... I am almost on season 10 of Grey's Anatomy because I, my personal development, we've, we talked about this last week. My personal development crumbled Mm -hmm. when the quarantine happened, when, when every, when the world, my world blew up, all I could remember how to do was binge watch TV. You felt it was your old habit. It was my old habit. It was what I felt safe. And it, it was me controlling what I could when I felt like there was nothing else in my control. Yeah. I went back to I can control my time and how what I do and how I'm com- like what level of comfort I'm on. So I went to pajama pants and fuzzy blankets and Netflix. 
and I res resorted to that. And I can see over the last couple of weeks, it, it's a slow transition, but it's faster than it would have been five years ago mm -hmm. because we're, okay, we're in six weeks. So I'm on week six and I'm finally getting back into the swing of, of pre COVID-19 life. Yeah. And even though we're still in the middle of COVID-19 life, but that was, that was, so that was five and a half, six weeks transition time with a little bit of personal development before COVID hit. But it, if you, if COVID would have hit two years ago before yeah. I would have started personal development, I wouldn't, I would have been like, there's no reason to go back to, there's no reason to be productive. The world's shut down. Nobody's going to care if I don't, yep. if I don't do anything right now. So I, I think, hate, I think this is powerful and important for people to hear. Well, because, I, go ahead. I hate that. I mean, now looking back at it, like, a lot has happened in my life in the last six weeks, not just coronavirus. Right. And, you know, there's always something going on and there's things that you don't share on, on social media and there's highs and lows and things like that. Like life, life is happening behind social media, but the last six weeks, six weeks, not only have I been having to deal with children and a relationship and the coronavirus and money and things like that, I've been having to deal with depression and I've had to deal with anxiety and I've had to deal with panic attacks and it's not fun and it's not easy, but knowing that I can get back, like knowing that I have the tools, mm -hmm. it's not just that I know that eventually everything will be fine. It's knowing that I have the tools to make things better before the rest of the world says, okay, now things are better. I'm no longer waiting for the rest of the world to say, okay, now you're fine. Right. Now, right. now, now you're okay. And then you have to play catch up. Because exactly. you're waiting for the world to go first. Exactly. So. Yes. I think that's really important because as you were describing that, um, I think what I was seeing in my head as a visual it was like, we're climbing mountains right mm -hmm. now. And we talk about that anyway, but this is the visual that popped in my head. Quite literally, like I was viewing both of us on Everest. And like you said, I'm, I'm up, I'm above because I recruited you into taking the hiking class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I'm above because I have more experience. I pull you along. And you help me because we're team, right? You, whatever, we're connected by a rope. And where we're at right now, a blizzard has come in. And I was able to grab hold of the, the, the side of the rock because I'm more experienced. And you slipped down. But you're mm -hmm. still connected to me. You mm -hmm. have not plummeted to your death. No. Um, and I'm pulling you back up as much as I can. And when you let me. Yeah. And when you're ready. Because <laughs> you're just hanging out. Yeah. But it'll get better, and that's that is the difference. I think that's the that, that's a powerful difference. I actually had a coaching last night um, with Leadership Harbor, and I highly recommend them. Can recommend uh, coaches for sure. And that was what they talked about was basically like how do you learn how to become a better leader? What is a crisis to you, and those those types of things. And the question she asked was like, how do you identify crisis? And I was like, and nobody would answer. Nobody would answer. And I and I said, I don't know that you can. Like you don't always know that it's a crisis. Until you're past it. Mm -hmm. And this is a different situation because it's happening to the entire world. And that is that is unprecedented. Because when 9-11 happened, that was heard throughout the world, but it was not affected. Nobody was affected the way that we were here in the United States. Oh, yeah. And they, they can't. But that's the same. That's true of any country. Any country has experienced something that we can't. We can say we've never. We've never. We, we can't even fathom what they're going through. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's part of the problem is that we've never been able to do that. So cohesively and collectively as a, as a global community mm -hmm. that this is, this is something that we're learning how to do. And so I think that, that that's, the, that's what's different is that everybody can recognize right now that this is a crisis of some kind. So if you've never gone through one, then you definitely feel unequipped in this moment. But 
yeah, there's people that are farther behind than you are and, and not in a bad way. It's just where they are. It's mm -hmm. just that they, they, they don't see the, 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 the light at the end of the tunnel. They, they have no idea how they're going to make it through this. And like you had said, that's why they're falling back into whatever it is. Some people are probably smoking again. Some people are probably drinking again. Some people are probably, um, overeating and not fasting and not working out and whatever, because you weren't close enough to having your next pay in the, the side of the mountain to be able to make it yet. But it oh, yeah. doesn't take away from the fact that if you look down, how far are you elevation wise? Well, and it's so funny that you mentioned like people may have, um, slipped back into smoking and drinking and stuff because this past weekend I had a terrible, ter I had a terrible time. Like it was a, it was the worst I've mentally felt since I was 14 years old and I had a, my last big blow up with my biological father, like mentally I was in the dumps this weekend. And the fact that I've come, like, I feel like I've bounced back from it so quickly is huge for me. But in the moment I was like, I just need a cigarette. Like I've been smoke free since like last October or something. I don't even remember my last cigarette, but I was like, I just need a cigarette. I need, you know what? I'm, I just had to Google. I'm 55 days sober. It's like, I just need a drink. Like I need to change need to my change state. the way you feel yeah, right now. Cause I, you don't like it. Exactly. I don't yeah. like the way I feel. So I need something that's going to change my feeling. Even if it's, even if it's a little bit, even, even if, if it's, it's a temporary. one on the 10, the one ten scale. Exactly. Yep. I need something that's going to make me feel better quick. Yes. And my stomach was upset. Like my stress and anxiety, manifests into physical tension my yep. muscles tense which then like kind of flips my stomach and then I I feel sick for days <laughs> and so I was sick all weekend so I knew I didn't want to eat I did like it was hard to eat <coughs> so I could not numb my feelings with food like I normally do right so it took a lot to not go get a, a pack of cigarettes or to go buy a bottle of wine or a beer which I don't like beer but I like wine <laughs> but when I like when I got out of the weekend and when it when I kind of was okay again when I felt better. I told my boyfriend, I told Brett, I was like, I'm really proud of myself because a year ago I wouldn't, I would have been like, fuck this. I'm going to buy a whole carton of cigarettes. Yeah. I'm going to go buy a whole case of wine. Like who cares about being sober when, when I, I feel this bad, when I feel this bad. And I chose to be sober, not because I had a huge drinking problem, not because something drastic happened in my life. It was literally just, I decided that I no longer needed alcohol in my life because it had no benefits. And so, but keeping track of that number makes me feel good and tells me that I can be consistent with good habits and reminds me that, you know, if you would have asked me when I was 21, oh, could you ever go sober just to be sober? I'd been like, fuck no, that. Why, why would I want to? Why would I want to? But now yeah. that I'm 27, I'm like, yeah, like I want to be, I want to be sober. I don't, need to numb myself with alcohol. No. And if you are an occasional drinker, I'm not putting you down at all. Right. It's just alcoholism runs in my family. And while I have never had a problem with alcohol, I don't want to chance it. So Number I'm, getting, one. I'm getting ahead of the curve. But you know, I thought about that too, because, um, you know, I, I always look at my memories on Facebook and I know some people don't like to do that, mm -hmm. but I think that it's a really good thing to do. Um, if you're trying to remember what's the alternative mm -hmm. for where you are now versus where you could go back to. Oh yeah. And, um, for me, I, majority of the highlights of my life were going out and getting drunk with my friends yeah. or staying in and getting drunk with my friends. Because again, it's about changing the state, right? Cause you are like, we, there, we always let it onto the six. I believe truly that alcohol lowers inhibitions. I do. I understand mm -hmm. that, but we all use that as a facade to how much can we get away with? 
Oh, yeah. In terms of who do we want? We want to be this person. Yeah. But we're going to blame it on the alcohol, which is a terrible thing to do because if, like, if, for instance, I absolutely used to use alcohol to be more open with my partner mm-hmm. and lower... The, but but why? Why can't you just be open with them in a clear state of mind? Because it should mean more. It should mean more that you want to deepen that connection and not just say, I have to get drunk to say these things to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we should have read that up. Personal development ruined alcohol. It does. Yeah. Me me too. But alcohol used to be my confidence booster. Like, it's so funny because there's friends from that season in my life where I was drinking heavily on the week, like, consistently on the weekends, that they were just like, oh, you're like, you're super confident and like, you're super body confident being a plus size woman Mm -hmm. because I could go up to a bar, like any bar, and I would compliment literally any guy paying for his drink and just be like, you are, you you are the most attractive guy in this bar right now. And I was so bold and so open. I got so many, like I'm a plus size woman. Sometimes I don't put as much effort into my makeup and my hair and stuff. So I don't always feel like the most attractive woman in the bar, but I got so many free drinks when I was a broke college girl, because I would just compliment men and they're not used to getting those compliments. So they lip literally ever didn't matter what city I was in. It didn't matter where I loved going to Cincinnati because I never had to bring alcohol money. (laughs) (laughs) But it, it, it was so consistent and I was so good at it that I was dumbfounded when those people would hang out with me when I was sober and I wouldn't, I was not the same person. Right. I did not have the same level of confidence. I would, you know. And you didn't think that you could maintain who you should be. Exactly. Yeah. Unless you had that as an excuse. Exactly. So now, now I strive to be the, the level of confidence that I used to have when I would have even just one drink in my hand. I didn't even have to be drunk. It was just, I was holding a drink. Boom. It was literally like just. Confident. Like, hello, Kayla. Magic wand. Magic wand. I'm just holding my vodka tonic and I'm good. That's funny. But now I hold my water and feel great. Yeah, right. And I agree with that too. Um, I, we definitely, we drink way less than we ever drank before and it is much more conscious. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that if I'm going to have a drink, it's, I told Tony the last time that we kind of got really buzzed. (laughs) <laughs> this is gonna sound really stupid, <laughs> but I because we just went like we 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 got buzzed like we watched it like a TV show and we fell asleep like we should have known because it was like Friday night end of the week we we're like super tired or whatever. But I was like I don't want to drink alcohol if nothing's gonna happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I'm mm-hmm. like what a waste. You know like I don't need the I don't need the extra calories. I don't need to be in that state of mind just to hang out with you. Like I was it was for elevation purposes only. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, but that's but that's great to me. Like you know like I I this is why I try to rub off on my mother more than than normal because I'm like if I've learned this about what alcohol is to me and why I think that she could benefit from that same thing and understand again it's about it's about changing your state of mind as fast as possible that's what it is it's we we're not equipped nobody taught us how to deal with the emotion side of it we learned how to cope and that's mm-hmm. different than dealing so like I said coke and dealing no, <laughs> okay <laughs> so we spent the first half we're talking about that one particular thing, which is, I think is perfectly fine. Uh, but let's run through some other things. I think that excuses is just an easy one to know. Like we don't have to go into, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I think it's the one thing that I really want to touch on with excuses is that I was not aware that I was making excuses. I thought, yeah. I, I thought I was explaining my situation or explaining my reasoning. reasoning behind and so yeah. now that I've gone through personal development, I understand that, yeah, you're trying to convince yourself that that reason is valid when in and that's why you get defensive. Exactly. When somebody questions it, yeah. like if you've ever been running late to work and your boss <laughs> like called you out on it, you're like, but there was so much traffic and I couldn't, I couldn't do anything about it. And then your boss is like, 
well, you could leave work or leave for work five minutes earlier and then you'd be here on time. Like everybody. You're like, how dare you? How dare he not take into consideration how long it takes me to get ready for work? Like, yeah, it's the defense mechanism. So once you start to become aware, once you go through a little bit of personal development, you just start to recognize in yourself before you even say them out loud. Like somebody will ask you a question. You'll be like, "Uh, uh, never mind. I just don't want to do it. Like, or why aren't you, why are you late for work? Honestly, I just didn't want to be here. Like, like, oh, you're fired. But at least I didn't make an excuse. At least I'm honest, right? Like, so you start to become more honest with yourself first. You once you go through personal development, yeah, and that feels good. Uh, honestly, it's freedom. It's freedom. It, you don't feel like you're trying to hide from from the big bag boogie monster, whatever. You feel like you're truly, finally being true to yourself, and that starts to spread to you want to be truthful and honest to your people in your life yeah. that, that you care about. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's still some people that I don't give a crap. And sometimes I just give them an excuse to get them to go away instead of hurting their feelings by being honest. But I'm getting better at that. Yep. But the people that I truly care about and want to have positive relationships with my life, like I try not to give them excuses. I mean, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you feel like you need to explain yourself a little bit more, but then it's a slippery slope into sounding like an excuse. Ego. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yes, exactly. And that's all it boils down to is that we care about what other people think about us. Yep. And that's why we do the things we do. And that's why we say the things we say the way we do. Um, but I agree. Like, again, it just comes with time. Um, it comes with time. It just comes with recognition of how much your time is precious. Mm-hmm. And you don't have time to dilly-dally fart around with everybody that is trying to read behind what you're trying to say politely. And mm-hmm. there's there's ways to say things. I think that the way that I deal with people now with being more direct but encouraging mm-hmm. is it's better for everybody. It's it's uh you know efficient for me. Um it helps them to hear what they need to hear without like a firm hand the way I used to be because I mm-hmm. thought that was what people needed was direct and to the point. Um, but it, it, I think it's it's direct with guidance. That's what it should be. Firm with guidance, maybe. I don't know. Something like that. But I would agree. I think that's incredibly important for people to hear is that it's not about an accusation that you're lazy and unmotivated and you don't want the best for yourself. It's, it's, an, it's a realization that what you think you're doing is the way you think you're supposed to do it. And, and there's, it's not necessarily wrong. That's the thing that you have to determine is, is it? Does it draw up that that discord in your life that you'd mentioned earlier? Does it make you feel a certain way? You're like, but I do want to do better. I wish I could do better. I'm not sure how to do better. Those are okay questions to ask. Uh, and that's how you get to the, what do I need to change? And what can I change? And what am I willing to change? Even if it's just when I start. Because it's, it's not 24, it's not overnight change. How uncomfortable am I willing to be? Which most people aren't. They aren't. And that's, that's what sucks is because... I, I fully recognize that those six weeks that it took me to start to bounce back, and I say start to because I'm not 100% back to where I was, but I'm getting there. Mm-hmm. But those six weeks, I didn't want to be any more uncomfortable than the pandemic was already making me. So I was not willing to budge on, I knew the things that I could have done. I, I knew I had the tools to get to bounce back quicker, but I was so stuck in the, I need to be make myself as com- feel as comfortable as possible, as quickly as possible, because the rest, the rest of the world is very unknown and uncomfortable and I don't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to control what I can and make myself as comfortable as possible. And then I started, started to wake back up and realize that that was not going to do anything, but keep you where you were, keep me where I was. And I I don't, or regress. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to be stuck under those blankets for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, 
I started to become a little bit more willing to get a little bit more uncomfortable each day. Yeah. And I'm still getting more uncomfortable each day. Yeah. I put on a real bra today. That's uncomfortable. Like, that's... That's, like, that's literally uncomfortable. <laughs> literally I know, uncomfortable. I don't know why I just don't... I legit... I wish that sports bras were as... I wish bras were as comfortable as sports bras, but you still got the fake look from... Exactly. Because I'm not going to lie. I don't like my normal... I don't want to be flat-chested. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with well, being flat-chested, I just but I get, enjoy having curves. I don't enjoy spending money on that too. To, on things anymore and so i need to buy a better supported sports bra or a better fitting sports bra so that i don't look flat chested <laughs> well all of all good my most sports bras are gonna flatten out a little bit and again we're just speaking because we don't have triple f boobs so yes, that's just yes, yes, yes. our chests um which like you had said so that actually takes us into shopping and spending um for me i was just having this conversation with this person that is coaching me financially, uh, that she was like, good on you for switching to the Goodwill, um, Salvation Army, some, some place of your choice that you support. Cause I, that's a, that's a political conversation for another day. Anyway, <laughs> um, a secondhand store. Yeah, that's better. Yes. Or just even Facebook local and helping yeah. out some people yeah. in your community exactly. by people... either swapping or paying. Mm-hmm. So either way, um, and it, like, if you really look into <laughs> the fashion industry, uh, then I guess that, that's that's another conversation for another day. But um, yes, I like when I when I got to a place where my clothing was too big, I committed to myself that first of all I was going to learn about what colors I look best in before I went and invested. But I wasn't going to buy anything brand new because I didn't know where I was going to end up in terms of my body. But um, also because financially it was a smarter decision. There was a whole host of reasons why, but the most hippie of them was about consumerism. Oh yeah. That's what it boiled down to. And realizing how much power I had give given to things in my in my life. Um and I see this with my children now because it's not even just about like playstations and games and things like that. It's about these tiny little knickknacks that they won't let me get rid of because they have such an emotional investment in that it somehow represents their childhood or a very important memory that they can't part with something to me that looks like trash. And I don't mean like something they made. I mean like that's like a paper paper box. That's like an origami box. Why are we keep, why are we keeping that? It's collecting dust. Um and then that goes into like even the things I have in my office right now. Like and I well I thought when I moved into this house that I would completely like what is that home place called that everybody home goods? Oh, Pier maybe. One. I don't oh, even know. So Hobby Lobby. There's a new Gorman, one. The home store. All of the, is that the new one out the in the home south? Store. Yeah. I think okay. I've been, I've been so. in that. I've only been in there once. I've never been to Home Goods. I refused to buy anything, like to let myself buy anything because I I saw how slippery, slippery the freaking yep. slope was. Yeah, yeah. We literally walked in, walked around the store, and I was like, okay, we have to go. We have yeah. To go. But I literally thought that that would be my house. And I did invest in a new bed, but I got such a good deal on a mattress that I couldn't turn it down. So all I had to buy was a head frame. Headboard, headboard, yeah, yeah, in yeah, a frame, yeah, yeah. in a frame, and then I had to buy a new comforter. I didn't have to buy a new one. I could have got it somewhere else, but I did. I did invest in. I spoiled myself there. But everything else, like, um, like everything, the decor in my living room is all picture frames I had from my first house, and um, something I did find at the Goodwill. So my point is, is that my intention of where my money goes is so different now because mm-hmm. I've been. It's too full. You have to separate. The spending from how you feel about mm-hmm. the way you spend and how it makes you, your value feel about yourself 
But then you also have to be intentional about where your money is going. Mm -hmm. Is it going to organizations? Is it going to companies that you believe in? Is it going into things that put back into your community or your environment? Do they align? Like, I know that's exhausting, but it's important. Let's, okay. So my example about my bedroom, we'll just, just talk about my bedroom in my, my tiny apartment, my two bedroom apartment, one bathroom. And when we have all the kids, it's three kids and two adults. It's a very tiny space. So it's very hard to not just go out and get a bigger apartment, but we pay so little for rent that it's, yeah. it is makes, it manageable? Is it, it, it's manageable worth it. and I'm having really bad deja vu right now. I don't know why, but, hey. okay. um, but yes, it's, we live in such a tiny space, but when the kids aren't there and we only have the kids about 40% of the time, then it's just two adults and it's a very easy space. We also have a cat, but she takes up like no, no room, <laughs> but so, so we're okay being uncomfortable when we do have the kids there or all three of the children there, which is rarely happens mm-hmm. that we're okay saving money on rent because any other apartment we get, any other house we get is going to be at least double in the amount of rent and bills we pay. So we're being uncomfortable for a little bit, but we're saving so much money. But then when you look at the decor in my house, my boyfriend got for free when he first moved in, got free furniture, like um, free table, free couches, free curtains. So we have these ugly plaid red curtains that are dusty and look like they're from the 80s hanging in my bedroom. And then when I moved in, I brought in my, I had a nice queen size bed and because he was living on, sleeping on a full size. And so we needed new bedding because I didn't have an actual bedding set in my old apartment. I just had like a blanket, but we went to the clearance section and we bought this moose blank, like moose comforter. It has all these moose on it, but it's brown and cream colored and it's moose. And the only reason we bought it, I did not know this. Yes. The only reason we bought it was because it was cheap. Brett Brett didn't want to spend a lot of money on a comforter. And most comforters that we saw at Shopco before Shopco closed was like $75 just a comforter. And then we went to the clearance section and we found this comforter for $25. He was like, we're buying it. And I was like, I'm not having that in my bedroom. And bro's like, now we're really buying it. And, And now it's the most comfortable blanket I have. And I sleep with it every single night. But I, I, my thing is with colors, like comfort. Like I want to come into a space that's peaceful and not overpowering. And there's so many different patterns and colors going on in my bedroom that it causes me a little bit of anxiety. And so I have been living in this place now for almost 18 months and I have not spent any money to redo the decor, but it's finally getting to the point where I'm like, I can feel, I I now notice how I feel when I come into this bedroom. Mm. I want to feel a little bit more peaceful. That's interesting. So I've started looking at buying new curtains and a new comforter that match and are just a little bit more like grayscale, just less overpowering when you walk in because I want a peaceful bedroom. But it's been 18 months and I haven't done it because I'm so conscious of where I'm spending my money now. And what takes priority. That I would feel guilty Mm -hmm. buying new curtains when I still have credit card debt. Mm -hmm. I would feel guilty. I get that. Like That's me with eating out. Yeah. Like I would feel guilty buying this stuff that really nobody else is going to see but me. When my boyfriend and his kids, but no one else is gonna. You, we, how long have we been friends? Yeah, and you yeah. didn't know that that was yeah. on my bed. No, <laughs> but it's just nobody comes to our tiny apartment, anyways. But I'm so conscious about how I spend my money now because of all the consumer debt that I've had to go through. That it's it's physically hard. I get it. But I think I'm gonna do, like that little stimulus check that we got was a little nice. So I think I'm <laughs> going to make that investment, and it's gonna be it's gonna make me happy. Yeah. Well, and that's that's what's important. I was just gonna say on the flip side of that because as you were talking about your bedroom, I was like, well, and for us, we had to we redid everything because mm-hmm. of, like our boys were sharing stuff. So when they came, 
um, to this house. Cole inherited my old stuff and Quentin inherited Tony's old stuff that mm -hmm. he had from his place. So we had to get, well, we had to get something new and we didn't have to do what we did. But it's funny that you say that because I just had that aha moment that my bedroom is that that's for me. Mm -hmm. Like you remember my old bedroom? Yeah. Like, cause Cole's got it right. It's yeah. like, it was so dark because mm -hmm. it was deep red and black. And that was who I was at that time was very, I thought it was about romance, but it was definitely <laughs> like, it, and, 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 you know, my, that was my intention, but it, yeah, it was not me. I spent no time in my room at the Petunia house. Mm -hmm. No time. Part of that was space is an issue, but um, I'm in my bedroom all the time. Like, I do connection calls in there just because it just... It, it, we do work in there yeah, together. We do. <laughs> yeah, we, we've done podcasts in there, um, but it's not a place that, like, I mean, it's a place I want to go at the end of the night, you know? Uh, I have soft lighting by that time, mm -hmm. and my bed is incredibly comfortable. And I remember, like, when we talked about this, like, so this is the flip side I want to talk about, because I've been in your shoes in terms of, like, not wanting to spend zero money at all. But also just being conscious and aware and making smarter decisions. Like I said, for me, it's it's eating out. Like I can't justify it anymore when my husband's such a great cook. And the only time I feel good about it is when, like last week, we, we ordered actual Da Vinci's because he had cooked that damn chickpea pizza so many times for so many people. And I'm like, my husband is tired. He deserves this. Like it, he deserves better than what Rachel would drop in a frozen bag. Mm -hmm. And that felt good. Like I had no regrets about that money. Um, but it's the same like for our bed. I feel good about that investment. Like I never feel bad when I look at it. Um, it's also deferred interest. So like, there's that. But do you remember when I got my bedding set and you were like, okay, fancy. Cause yeah. they're like thousand count sheets. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I have never in my, I mean, I've always had a standard Walmart like yeah. sheet I literally, for 350. The last time I bought sheets, I bought them from Target and I was like, okay, now you're, you're making it in the world. Like you're buying yeah. sheets from Target and not Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. Once in your I life. agree with that too. And I think that, that that's important because one, I, I mean, sleeping on thousand couch sheets is like sleeping on hotel sheets, like good five-star hotel sheets. And that's the only way I can, I can tell you because I'd never slept on good sheets like that in my life in a bed or any place other than a hotel. Mm -hmm. And that's how to describe it. And I don't regret that decision. Oh, there's a blue jay. Um, I don't regret that decision either because it was an investment in my sleep and mm -hmm. it was a reward for, making a, a good decision. But like my husband needed a good bed to sleep in. Like just, he's just older than me. His knees are terrible and he works his ass off. So he deserved that. So all of that collection piece was a, it was a reward to me, but it was, again, it was good energy in that spending. And I think that's important to remember because, you know, again, those sheets, one time purchase or six months of eating out, whatever it was. I, mm -hmm. I mean, that doesn't, that's not the equivalent, but you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, being this, more intentional. Yeah, this thing that, that only makes me fatter and more unhealthy or this thing that m brings my husband and I closer together in one of the most intimate places that will be. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, shopping and spending for sure. Um, I think that we probably have time for one more. And I think we could just do part two next week. We can finish up with yeah. whatever we don't talk about. Um, so let's do, I think we should do probably, well, we even kind of even covered ruining coping mechanisms. But let's talk a little bit more about that. No, we do. I think we no, covered that between the cigarette smoking and yeah. eating differently. So done. Okay. So uh, I think this will encompass the both of them. Relationships and the desire to fight. Um, so I'll say, we've talked about this in a previous podcast, but when we talk about relationships, like choosing to leave relationships and not just intimate ones, um, especially with family members and giving yourself permission to know that uh, somebody just shared that with me yesterday when it said like part of self-care is like convincing yourself that you don't have to have relationships with people who only want to fight with you kinds of things. I'm going to find it because it was good. But 
it, it, it's, it goes deeper than just that. Like this even, I would say, goes into your work relationships and the place that you say is your career or oh, you, every, you have an income. Everything. Any human interaction that you have, once you're in personal development, I mean, it, it opens up your eyes. It awakens you to how you want to be treated as a human being and how you should, how you, how you, no, say that, how, how you, you should, should treat, treat other humans. people. Yes. And, it, and I say how you should treat people as to your personal core values how do you want to how do you want people to interpret your who you are yeah yeah who you are because if if you just meet a random person like let's use the coronavirus as an example if you are out shopping right now and you hear somebody cough or sneeze there are so many posts on facebook about oh i just have really bad allergies but i you know sneezed in the middle of the produce aisle and everybody turned everybody glared at me and made me feel so awkward and i just left because i just felt so shameful because i have allergies and so it's personal development starts to you start to empathize with other people but you start to realize how you how you personally core values should be treating other people and if your core value truly is people who have allergies should not go out during a pandemic then that's on you and it's not and it's not it's not look deeper it looked deeper but still but it's those kind of one-time interactions are still relationships with outside people yes relationships intimately with your spouse your partner in life your relationship with your kids, mm-hmm. your relationship with your boss, your relationship with your workplace your in parents. general, your parents, your siblings, your anyone in the world, your relationship with with social media. Your, I was just gonna say the universe. The universe. Your that's a big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just the universe being massive in itself, but your relationship with how you receive energy and the energy that you put out into the universe. Mm-hmm. So, relationship. Or sorry, let me rephrase this: personal development can start to feel like it's ruining your relationships because you no longer feel the desire to stick around the bad ones. You start to recognize which relationships are good and which are bad. And in personal development for myself, it helped me recognize that my relationship with my workplace was not a good one. Mm-hmm. That my job as a 911 dispatcher, not only was the job hard, the the workplace itself was toxic AF and I had to get out of there. I had to leave. And now I feel empathy and sympathy for the people that still work there because I know firsthand that 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 toxicity did not just leave once I left like I was not the cause of the toxicity so I I know what those people are still going through and the fact that I don't want to say that they're asleep because they do hard work and the work that they do is fulfilling but they are not at a place where they feel like it's bad enough that they have to leave Mm. and it's affecting their lives it's affecting their lives and I finally got to a place where I was tired of it affecting my personal mental health and the mental health of the people around me. Mm-hmm. But then it also helps you change your relationships with your boyfriend's ex-wife. I mean, yeah, I, or your ex or your ex or your, your baby mama, like, any of those things, yeah, anything. Yeah. So because for, again, it's about that empathy and perspective is this like, this person is, it's always about this person is not acting out because of who I am. It's, mm-hmm. it's a reflection of who they are an experience that happened to them. Somebody else, this person's interpreting my actions to make them feel scared, insecure, fearful, something. Oh, God, But yeah. it's not about me. It's about it, it, some place down the line, a memory kicked in for them that associated how they're feeling right now with that moment. And that's why they're reacting this way. Well, and I, the example that I want to share, because it was it's so fresh on my mind. Um, and I, I want to be respectful, so I'll try not to share too many details. But the relationship that I have with um, my boyfriend's ex-wife, because we all co-parent their children... Um, 
she and I had a really raw, honest conversation recently. And she opened up about the fact that, she, you know, she doesn't hate me. She doesn't think that I'm a bad person. It's just that she personally, when she sees me interact with her children, she has a personal reaction to that because of her relationship with her own mom and her stepmom. And the fact that she knows that my relationship with her kids and my role in their life as a step parent is such a big, strong one that it, she feels intimidated, not by me, but by the situation and by her past experiences. And because it's so successful versus what hers was. Yes. Yeah. I guess you could say. I'm sure um, it's a trigger. It, exactly. That's what it was. It was a trigger. And so I have to remember and I have to remind myself that if she reacts negatively to me about something going on in our, in our co-parenting relationship, it's not necessarily about me. Mm -hmm. If, if, if I self-reflect and can't see where I went wrong, I have to remember that it might not be me. It might be a trigger from her past. It might be a trigger from her, her experiences in life. And that I have to step back and just let her mentally figure it out and go through it and heal what she needs to before she and I can go forward. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that she and I have, a, have gotten to a place in our relationship that we can have those honest and raw conversations where they're not just us kissing each other's butts. It's very much so. Oh, it's genuine. It's genuine. Yeah, you know, authentic. I I feel that you overstepped here, but this is why I feel that way. It's me feeling that way. It's not that you did it. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So it's no longer us pointing the fingers like, you're a bad, you know, you're a bad stepmom. You're a bad baby mama. No, it's, this is how I feel. This is why I was meant to feel that way. How can I'm we change working that? On it. Exactly. Yes, exactly. I'm working on that. This is not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of myself. Yeah. I would appreciate you making these changes in the future so that, or, or doing things differently in the future so that we can, I don't want to say avoid the, the conflict from happening, but just so that it's I the can same thing is to get through it faster. Yeah. Like, and so that we recognize we're not trying to misunderstand Well, we, all we're doing is misunderstanding each other. Yes. And yeah. so we basically just put down respect for each other's boundaries and we both agree to try to avoid crossing those boundaries in the future. Although boundaries are just imaginary lines that we make up in our own heads. Yeah. And but then we have our own interpretations of yes. them. But respecting yeah. those boundaries is how you grow good relationships. Healthy yeah. relationships. Yeah. And that's, I think that was, that's what it ends up boiling down to is like, I know it's so difficult to start with the trend of treat people how you want to be treated because you're like, we think we deserve other mm -hmm. people's respect, but it doesn't work that way mm -hmm. on planet earth, unfortunately. So that's why it's so important for you to exercise that empathy muscle and that perspective because it's, if anything, it's freeing for you. We'd mentioned that before. And I don't think that people really understand the power in that. It's the freedom of not caring and not in a condescending tone. It's, it's not caring what that person thinks about you because you know, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't because matter. Because you know the, to the core of your being that you're, you're acting in a way that is true to your, your values. Yeah. And you're trying to be the best human you can mm -hmm. be in whatever capacity that looks like. Oh yeah. That's something that I'm trying to get through to Brett's head because in his relationship with his ex-wife there's some things that he's like oh i just wish she would change x y or z and i'm like okay but then you have to lead by example yeah. and start doing those things first yep. and then explain why you feel that way that you want that change to happen and you have to let her decide on her own if she thinks that that's worth her time changing or not and then have the most patience in the world because the first three five ten times it ain't gonna take mm -mm. because that's what personal development is all about exactly so flexing that yep yeah muscle muscle yep so that quote was self-care is also not arguing with people who are committed to misunderstanding you and I think that's really important. So, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's time for us to wrap up this podcast. So I'm going to let Anderson tell you one more time where to find her. Photoswithanderson.com or search Photos with Anderson on Facebook or search Boudoir Photos with Anderson. 
You can also just search me, <laughs> Jess Anderson. Because you want friends. Because I want friends. And it's quarantine. Yeah. 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 Don't forget to tune in on Facebook. Uh, my profile's public, so I'm easy to find. It's just Rachel Vote 1 2. I don't even know. It's like there's some dots in there somewhere, but you know, that real time. Uh, and share this podcast if you feel like you got some value from it. We definitely want to make sure we're helping as many people as we can. Uh, and sharing makes it beautiful. It's a fact. Uh, private VIP page if you are 18 years or older in a feminine energy tons of really great sexual wellness and intimacy building happening over there uh, a great community of women women not only cheering each other on but providing their own experiences so that you don't feel so weird about sex it's great beginner's guide to wellness is happening too if you're looking more for personal development focus and I think that's it vote yeah, for parties yeah. at Instagram but I think that was all that we had to mm -hmm. plug right mm -hmm. yeah I think so in the live for sure make sure you tune in I'm excited to cook with pineapple I'm about to learn what we're doing in like two hours and that's I'm just gonna go full force with it so it's gonna be awesome and somebody wins it for free so make sure yeah. you tune in all right well we want to thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today uh we love each and every one of you very very much we appreciate what you do for us uh and we love to be able to give back to you in any way that we can so again make sure to share the podcast because it's free to do and uh well, that's it well that's all we got for today today so I'm gonna say stay happy stay healthy wash your hands and bye bye, bye. Um, it's still running. For real, bye. Bye. <laughs> I can edit it out, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs>